folks, welcome to another episode here at the Red River Rising. I'm Pastor Mike along with my co-host, Mr. Richard Salcedo. And uh, we're going to get into a message today. It's going to be called, It's Not What You Got, But Who's Got You. And we're going to be talking about um, both those that have and those that have not and how uh, it really, in the big scheme of things, doesn't matter. I know that sounds crazy, but it really is not the ultimate dividing factor. But uh, Rick, um, I want to want to get your intake on this. I know you've read over some of my notes here. Uh, you got um, any opening words for us at all? Yeah, if we can get our focus in the right place on what's really important in life, um, it'll save us a whole lot of grief. If we just worry about possessions and finances, um, then we're going to be stressed out all the time, and, and we're never going to be satisfied with life. We're not, we're not going to have that peace and joy that's there for us if we can just get our priorities right and, and learn to keep our eyes on God and not on the things of this world. That's right. That's right. That's an excellent point. That's exactly where we're going to end up going today. And uh, now, you know, we want to put a caveat out there that um, we are a full gospel church. Rick and I believe in full gospel teaching. And along with that, prosperity has gotten a bad name. We're going to talk a little bit about prosperity today, but I want you to understand that prosperity to us is both in your wallet and in your heart. Um, it's not just your, your materialistic things, but it's also your spiritual things that you have as well. So, but we're two examples, two different types of people we're going to talk about today. The first is the ones with not a lot. So if you got your Bibles with you, just take a minute, open it up. We're going to go into the book, book of Luke. And we're going to look at a couple of, of examples here. And we'll start with Luke 21 and we're going to start right at verse one. We're going to read through here. And it says, he looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw also a certain poor widow putting in two mites. And he said, and this is Jesus speaking, Truly I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all. For all these out of their abundance have put in offerings for God. But she, out of her poverty, put in all that the livelihood that she had. I'm going to stop. That's right there. This was Jesus speaking, and he had saw this woman come up and put in these two mites. And, and it's a very short little, this is it in the book of Luke. This is all it talks about right there with this. But what I'm amazed by is that Jesus noted that and made sure to pointed that out. It wasn't the two mites. It was the heart of the giver here. Yeah, you can say um, it wasn't the quantity of the giving, but the quality of the giving. Yeah, he actually compared that to the others who had so much to give that it didn't hurt. And I think we've all been there. Uh, I watched on Facebook one time this little video they had done, and it was like an experimental thing that they did with homeless people. And they actually would give a homeless person $100, and then they'd track and see what that person did with that $100. And it was quite amazing that most of the time they didn't buy just for themselves. That homeless person took that $100, went and bought stuff, and then distributed it amongst a whole bunch of other homeless people. And I thought that was really kind of powerful to me to see that so those that don't have a lot understand the value of giving. And when they get that, because they know how much it blesses. But to someone who's got a million dollars to write a $100,000 check does not make the same impact. Uh, both to them and to the others that they were, not that that's not important. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to downplay that, but I'm just saying to give all of yourself or what you have speaks volume. And that's what Jesus was pointing out here. Yeah. And I think when you, when you go, uh, for a long time without much, you appreciate what little you get. That's true. 
That's true. And it, if you go for a while with an abundance, then it starts to lose its value. You start to take it for granted. Yeah, and 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 that's what Ju- when Jesus saw this in that woman there, that's really what he's pointing out is her heart. And that's what we're going to talk about in the conclusion of this today is that that's really the most important thing. The next example I want to look at with somebody who didn't have a lot is if you switch you switch back into the Old Testament, go into First Kings, First Kings seventeen. Now, this is a pretty well-known story in the Bible. Lots of preachers have preached on this and taught on this and so on and so forth. And that's, it's a great story here to see. But we're going to go to 1 Kings 17. We're going to start in verse 8. And I'm going to read 8 through 12. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, and this is um, going to Elijah, who we're talking about here. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little cup of wa- and a water, or excuse me, a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was give- going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, As your Lord your God lives, I do not have bread. Only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. There's so much here right in these first two. We're going to get to a couple more verses, but I want to point out a couple of things real quick here. Did you notice how Elijah kept asking for more? <laughs> As if the, so the water wasn't that big of a deal. Hey, can you get me a drink of water? Yeah, it didn't cost her anything, right? Yeah, no big deal. Let me go get you some of that. But then what did he ask for? Huh? He wanted more. Give me something to eat, will you? Right. <laughs> and it's the 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 greatest part about this though is that if you see the woman here, she was still mindful of her situation. She even said to him, you know, hey, look, I, I don't have any bread. I have some ingredients to make some bread, but I only have such a little bit left with this. Now here in verse sixteen, or excuse me, verse fourteen, this is where it gets really good for her. The, for thus says the Lord God of Israel. And this is what Elijah is saying to the widow. The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and he and her household ate for many days. Now listen to this. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. And if you notice here... um town of Zarephath, it belonged to Sidon, so it wasn't part of Israel. So she was a Gentile. And she even, you know, that's even confirmed here where she says, as the Lord your God lives. Right. She was talking to um, Elijah. So, you know, God could have sent Elijah to any widow in Israel, mm-hmm. but he sends her to a Gentile. So we see a little bit of uh, evangelism going on yeah. here. That's exactly right. And even as a Gentile, though, her heart is in the right place because after he tells her this, she follows through with this Mm -hmm. and uses what she has for the prophet Elijah. And in return, the Lord blesses her entire household. As a matter of fact, if you were to keep reading this story, you would see a little bit later on how this woman is even more greatly rewarded that Elijah, through the power of the Lord, was able to resurrect her dead son. You know, Right. And so, like... Yeah, even though she was a Gentile, she 
put her faith in the word of God. She trusted the word of God. That's right. That's right. And she was obedient to it, and and she was blessed through that faith and obedience. That's right. Now, how differently would this story have read if we said, and Elijah asked for a bit of bread, and the woman said, you're out of your mind. Yeah. I've only got a little bit left. It's for me and my son. We're going to eat it and die. And that's surely what would have happened. Right. Uh, they would have ate it and they would have died. But instead of that, you know, she she was willing to obey. She was willing to give. And her heart was in the right place of being able to bless others with it too. Really not knowing. She had to have faith. as a She had to have faith in this, mm-hmm. that what this man of God was saying was true and accurate. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I'm also seeing a pattern here where God appreciates selfless sacrifice. Yes, he does. And um, we don't know what the disposition of the poor widow was that put in the two mites. That's right. But we do know that Jesus uh, applauded what she did and it, you know, the Holy Spirit put it in the Bible for That's you know, exactly right. people to know about what she did for ages to come. That's right. And, you know, we see the widow of uh, Zarephath, um, you know, she was rewarded with provision. And, you know, the sky didn't open up and the, you know, untold blessings of heaven didn't come pouring down on her. But she right. had food, clothing and shelter to survive, to live decently. Yeah. And not only that, like you said, her when her son fell sick, you know, God restored him. That's right. That's right. Now, see, these are examples of people who didn't have much to begin with. Now, this, these two, uh, and both, and I also found that some of that both of these examples were also widows. Did you notice that as well? So, uh, you know, they've had great loss in their life just for the simple fact that they have lost their spouses as well. But you think that with that, some people turn hard. When life gets hard and thrown at them, they lose a spouse, they lose a family member, they lose something else, they lose a job, they lose a whatever it may be. And, you know, we harden our heart to the, to that. We can. But these two examples here, not only did they have loss, a great loss in their life, but they still kept a, a giving and open heart. And God most certainly responds to that and mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and appreciates that. Right? Yeah, and it kind of shows two ways we can uh, react to adversity. We can harden our heart. Or we can allow it to soften our heart and we become more sympathetic towards the pain and suffering of others That's because right. we've experienced it. That's right. That's right. And th- that really ties it to the first part of our message here, which was it's not what you got. Because it's not about just that material possession that you may be having or have to offer, but it's really about what you're uh, willing to give. So, all right, so the first two examples there we saw were not a lot, but let's take a look on the opposite side of that. What happens to those who have much, right? If you don't have much to give and you give a little bit, well, God certainly, you know, responds to that. But what if you've got a lot to give and you just kind of are willing to, to, to show that and flaunt that? Let's see what, what happens here. So we're going to look at our first example in Matthew 19, and we're going to go to verse 20, and we're going to read from 20 to 22. Now, in this, this is Jesus speaking, and Jesus is speaking with um, a young ruler, and and, uh, and the young ruler has come to Jesus, and uh, and uh, it starts out here in nineteen. It says, "The young man said to him, All these things I have kept from my youth. What do I still lack?'" Now Jesus had just explained to him what all he needed to do. Right, he mm-hmm. came to him and asked him a question, and Jesus had responded and said, "Okay, well, you need to do this and do this." And the young man is now responding back. He says, "Hey, I, I do all these things already, and have done all these things." And Jesus says to him in verse twenty-one, "If you want to be perfect, go, sell what you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. And come, follow me." 
But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Now, Rick, I know you've got a thought on this, and I'm going to turn it right over to you, and then we're going to get a little bit deeper into that too. Yeah, because um, so he was this young man. He was um, trying to obey the word of God. He was he was tithing. He was you know loving his neighbor. He was doing this. He was doing that. And um, God said, or Jesus said, if you want to be perfect, and that really translates into complete maturity spiritually. Okay, it doesn't mean that you're perfect, you don't make a mistake, you're right. flawless. It means to perfect your spiritual maturity, you know, this is what he needed to do, let go of his material things. That's right. That's right. Now, one other thing I've seen this preached on, and I believe it's taken out of context with it, is that you got to sell off everything you own. In order to be able to serve the Lord and be perfect in the Lord, you can't own anything. And I've heard this time and time again, and it's sad to hear, because what it's basically saying is you got to be punished to be a Christian. I mean, that's what it's saying. You have to be deprived to be without in order to be used and be able to be a follower of Jesus Christ. But that is not at all what Jesus is actually saying here to this young ruler. Right. And also, um, you know, we're called to be good stewards. That's right. You know, if you if you don't own anything, how can you use it for the glory of God? That's right. That, you know? That's a really good point. Rick. <laughs> that's exactly right. What what he really was was referring to. And we see that in the very last verse there. Was that to this young ruler, you know what meant more to him than following Jesus? Was holding on to his possessions. Now that's the key. The key is not how much you have with that or what your, what your, what's in your banking account, but what are you willing to, to do with that? Or what are you willing to not do with that? I guess as well, you know, where does your heart lie? And that's what Jesus is getting at here. Is that if you was to sell all that, I would almost venture to say, and I could be wrong, I don't, I'm not trying to put words in the Bible, but I would almost be willing to say, venture to say that if the man said, hey, no problem, it's a done deal, then Jesus probably would have said, hey, hold on, <laughs> you know, we could take this and that's fine, you could sell that, and then all that would be given away to the poor and probably used in the ministry of Jesus then too, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? It's, it's not about the, the giving it away so you have nothing, it's about who's going to be first in your life, and that's what he was trying to tell the young world. Yeah. And whatever we have here on earth that we use for God's glory and his kingdom, we're making a deposit in a heavenly treasure. Right. And and I don't think we really see that or grasp that here in the natural. Yeah. Well, you know, so often, you know, what do you think about when you you wake up in the morning, you go to work. Why do you go to work? You go to work to gain a paycheck, mm-hmm. right? And then you get that paycheck. And what do you do with that paycheck? You take care of bills. You support your family. You, you put food on the table. What, you know, you use that money to buy things. And we get close minded or close sights. Have you ever seen a horse on a, pulling a buggy? If you notice, the horse has blinders on the side. It keeps a focus directly on what's happening just in front of the horse and not off to the sides as well. We can get blinders on like that too, going throughout our mundane days or whatever, going clocking in, clocking out, going home, paying our bills, so on and so forth. That we get focused on that more than we get focused on anything else. So then we say we want to take that security away from that and say, hey, look, you know, that paycheck may come to an end. <laughs> and then all of a sudden we start freaking out. We go, wait a second, hold up, hold up, hold up. I can't do that because of this. And what Jesus is saying here is that really, you know, if you're willing to give up all that and put me first, then all these things will be added on to you anyway. Right. Yeah. And like you said, it's a matter of where your heart is. Um, because in Matthew 6, Verse 24, it says, uh, we can't have two masters. 
you know, we can't serve God and mammon. That's right. And mam, the definition of mammon is uh, material wealth that corrupts. That corrupts. That corrupts. Say it one more time. Yeah, material wealth that corrupts. That's right. So if you have material wealth but it doesn't corrupt you, mm-hmm. it's not mammon. You know, if you're using it for the glory of God and to bless others and, um, you know, you're taking of your overflow to bless others, you know, that's what God wants. So it's not just the fact that you have material blessings automatically makes everything corrupt or makes you a wicked sinner or incomplete spiritually. It's what you do with it. That's right. That's right. And God will bless, you know, whatever you put your hand to the plow with. Now, we've talked about this in previous uh, podcasts with it as well, too, that, you know, when you work hard, you get rewarded for those things too. And, and and to be able to be a blessing is part of the call of us. You know, what we do is to bless others. And we, we want to show them that, you know, through a Christian life that uh, we have, that our God is our supplier and that the seed that we sow reaps a harvest. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this, um, a uh, young rich man, you know, his, his, uh, security was in, his wealth yeah. when it needed to be in God. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's mm-hmm. exactly right. Well, apparently we've run out of time again for today, but I'm so glad you joined us. Thanks for tuning in to this first part of, uh, it's not what you got, but who's got you episodes, uh, from Rick and myself. We thank you. Have a blessed week. Tune in next week as we'll air part two. And then the final part three will be out after that. So until then, you know, we love you and God bless you.